Yeah, that movie was uh, based on the book, and uh, there is one challenging quote. It's probably different if we compare with our young people. They just said uh, what they are going to go uh, in the university. Uh, I'm young. I'm 20 years old. Yet I know nothing of life but despair, death, fear, and righteous superficiality, cast over an abyss of sorrow. What a sad description of life of a young people, of a young men of 20 years old. But it was in the uh, First World War. They were excited to go to war, but the reality on the ground was different. And after the Second World War, there was another book written called The Age of Anxiety, describing the lives of people after the war, uh, full of anxiety, despair. And one of the reasons was because lots of people lost their faith in God when they see the atrocities of war, many lives lost, crime, uh, violence, and probably we think that it, it was only in the time in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, but there is another world keep going on. There is the world that is the spiritual world that is going on in our lives, in our mind, and there are lots of people still are suffering of anxiety. I read the information in the Indonesian Ministry of Health, out of ton. 10 most diseases, anxiety disorder is number two in Indonesia, even in Indonesia. That is quite concerning. And uh, in the world, over 300 million people are considered by World Health Organizations clinically suffering from anxiety. There is another uh, statistic about US, because we, we can easily find that uh, when you Google it. Probably now over 80 million people go to bed every night taking pills uh, to be able to sleep. There is quite a number of people. And this sermon is not specifically on anxiety. It is on the series of trust and anxiety. But to be able to understand more about trust in the Lord, uh, we'll talk a little bit about anxiety first. This is not a new problem, new phenomenon in the modern age. It goes as old as the biblical times. No one was immune and is immune to anxiety. Even David suffered some kind of anxiety. This is what he says. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why disturbed within me? Or he says, when anxiety was great within me, my spirit goes faint within me. My heart within is dismayed. This is said by David, and you can read in the book of Psalms, lots of struggles that he uh, went through. So let's, let's uh, start by reading uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8. I will invite you as we uh, stand together, that, uh, let us read out loud the word of God. Sometimes it's good to read together. We can hear our voice ourselves. Uh, one, two, three. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. He is no worry in the year of drought. Never fails. Father, thank you so much for giving us time and place to listen to your word today. We truly believe that your word is powerful. You created heaven and earth by your word. Your word will comfort us, will strengthen us, will enlighten us, will uh, challenge us as well. Uh, Lord, open our hearts and mind as we listen 
to what you have to say to us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let's start with a little bit on anxiety. Um, there are many divinations given in the psychological or medical world, but it is from the Bible. Uh, we'll talk about what is anxiety, what are some causes of that, what are the effects of that in our lives. The, the text that we just read has everything on it, trust, worries, anxieties, all there. And uh, we will discover that trust is actually the opposite of anxiety. So what is anxiety? Uh, it is in, in Greek, there, there, there is one word, merimna, or merimnao. Uh, the second one is uh, a noun. Uh, uh, first one is noun, second is a, a verb. And uh, it means that uh, something is pulled from different sides. You go into pieces, cross, because like a, a string is pulled from different sides. So you go into pieces. It is uh, talking about being distracted, uh, to be divided, having a double-minded, no focus. Uh, uh, and it is a tormenting, disquieting thought. Webster says it is a mental disorder or agitation resulting from concern, usually for something impending or anticipated. So, uh, Anxiety is an ongoing, fearful, restlessness wherein we imagine a hypothetical circumstances of loss. In short definitions, anxiety is a tormenting thought, disquieting thought we suffer right now based on something we perceive will happen. And oftentimes, maybe 75%, 80% of that will never happen. But we suffer now for something that we perceive will happen. Uh, so the key words here is, is perceptions. It's not really what we perceive. It is mostly inside of our minds, our souls. And it is now. It's happening now. Now, there are Positive uh, definitions of this word, this translated as concern. That is positive. It's also used in, in the Bible. If uh, Paul is concerned about the lives of churches, uh, you may have some concern with your children when they go overseas for the first time, for parents uh, with the... With the Thank you. Uh, as they go to overseas for first time, or they learn to drive for the first time, they go somewhere, you may have some legitimate uh, concern about that. But this is a tormenting, suffering, sleepless, restlessness uh, you experience. Now, uh, you might not go to bed uh, and enjoy your sleep uh, every night. And uh, that is negative. And Jesus says about this uh, a few times in the, in the New Testament. Jesus says, do not worry in Matthew chapter 6. Do not worry on what you will eat or drink or what you will uh, wear, your clothes. And for some of us, probably it is not a problem for us. Uh, we know we have food tomorrow. Uh, we have enough money in the bank for one, two years, ten years. But probably the worry is more about the convenience of life. It's more a worry about my job, what happens when I, I lose my job of all the worst hypothetical scenario I allow my mind to entertain with. Uh, do not worry about anything. Uh, you can see on the, on the slides, uh, it says, do not be anxious about anything. We learn why. Is the Bible uh, saying to us, do not be anxious about anything and cast all your anxiety uh, to Him. What are some of the causes of anxiety? 
there are lots of things people can talk about medical side or psychological side. I will, I will trust, I will start here uh, with what does the Bible to say about that. I think one of the causes is difficulty. Difficulty. Hardness of life. Tragedy. This is what David experienced uh, in his life. Lots of Psalms uh, talking about that. His life was in constant danger. He was chased after by Saul and his army. He had to go to the Philistines, his former enemy. His life was always in the constant uh, uh, danger. And oftentimes he was surrounded by his enemies. And he struggles with this every night. Every night he goes to bed thinking maybe tonight enemy will, will attack me. Secondly, is I call this devoid. I think it's on the screen. Uh, devoid, D number two. Devoid of faith in God. Devoid of the true knowledge of God. Uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people perish because of the lack of knowledge about me. If you don't have God inside of you, you don't have faith in the Lord, and then your whole faith is bent based on the temporary things, and one day it is gone, where is go? Where is the foundation to stand on? What are the things you can hold on to? Devoid of the peace of God. Devoid of the relationship with God. Devoid of true knowledge about the true characters, goodness, mercy of God in our lives. I think the book that I just read talks about that. But people are devoid of these things. Then they try to fill in with other things, with alcohol, money, sex, and everything. Uh, the third one is disconnections. Disconnections. People are disconnected. Maybe we, we have God in our lives. We have been Christians for a long time. We have accepted Jesus into our lives. But what about our relationship with Him? Are we connected with Him? Are we in constant fellowship with Him? If we don't have that, then we might uh, suffer uh, anxiety in our lives. And even sin can cause us to be separated or having a disconnected relationship with God. That's why David says in Psalm 38 verse 18, I'm full of anxiety because of my sin. Sin makes us feeling shame and guilt and fear that make us getting further and further from God. We may have relationship problems with our spouse, our relatives, our friends, our boss, who probably talk down to us, or uh, people who, young people, they might say, you are not good enough, you are not smart enough, you are not handsome enough, you are not uh, uh, beautiful enough, and you live, try to please people, try to be good. Uh, people and people, young people now can uh, suffer all these things. Uh, we hope our young people uh, do not have problems with that, but uh, connection, disconnected, uh, will cause lots of anxiety problems. Dominations. It is control, actually. Actually, one of the important roots of, of anxiety is control. If we want to control our own life, we want to control what happens to us or around us. We want to control our future, our tomorrow. And then when we imagine that if something happened outside of our control, it's quite a scary thing for those who have these control problems. It is good to make plan. It is good uh, to plan well. But we have to realize that it is not us to control the world, to control life, to control the, the, the future. That's um, so why Jesus says, Can any of you, by worrying, add any single hour to our life? Why worry even we don't have power to add one single hour to our lives? Third, the last one would be double-minded. That is correlates to the, the very definitions of 
uh, anxiety, being pulled from different sides, or go into pieces, double-minded, divided. Uh, there is no single vision. There is no focus on God. Um, and this actually has to do with our thinking. Now, I don't know much about computer. I don't know much either about brain. But uh, as we think, there are two things. Number one is our brain as a hardware, and our mind is like a, a software. Uh, sometimes if you have problems with computer, that can be a hardware problem. You can fix it but it can be also the software problems. And with anxiety, there is also brain, there is also mind. Sometimes you have problems with brain, probably, maybe 10, 20% of uh, uh, serious problems of anxiety has to do with the hardware. They can go and be given uh, medications uh, for that, but the rest is the software. It is a, a thinking, uh, uh, thinking problems. And if the problem is thinking, mind, medicine probably will not be much of uh, uh, helpful. Uh, we re receive information, we read news, we heard news, the information comes through our senses, and then our mind will respond to it. And how the mind responds to it is, is dependent on how our mind is programmed like how our uh, software is programmed. That is why many people are faced the same reality, the same crisis probably, but they will res respond differently. I can think in the Bible, the sample of the people of Israel, they just left Egypt, they were in front of the Red Sea, now the big army, the most powerful army in the world, the Egyptian army, coming, chasing after them. And they were standing there. The, the whole people of Israel, when they saw the army marching toward them, they were all panicked and fearful. And this is what they say. We are going to die soon. It is the end. We are going to perish. No way out. Uh, they began uh, panics and worry and anxiety. But at the same time, Moses was there, and he saw the army, and he said, this army will perish soon. Do you know what will happen? But it is how he responded to it. The difference is because Moses experienced the clear calling from the Lord. The Lord came to him and said, I will call you. You will deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. He believed that, and in the midst of this crisis, he could respond differently. Or think about David fighting against Goliath. The whole army of Israel were fearful of this man. Same size. They all saw different men, uh, the same men. But they were all fearful and David said, I will defeat this man. What makes it different? Because David, staying in the field every day, he relied on the Lord. He relied on the Lord to kill the bear and lions. He has this experience, and based on this, now when he's faced with the same challenges, he could respond differently. How is our mind programmed? How are we responding to the challenges that happen to us? What are the some uh, uh, effects, probably, you could say, um, of anxiety in our lives? I will just mention three. Uh, there could be more than that. Number one is spiritual problem. There is dryness. Dryness. If we, we read uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 7, 8, but in uh, verse 6, it says that those who trust in themselves, their lives will be like a plant in the, in the wasteland, in the parched land. It's a dryness. Uh, you experience this in life. If, if you are not a believer, probably even worse, if you believe, 
sometimes we go through this in our lives, and we go through the wilderness of our spiritual journey. When we pray and we, we see God, is, God seems so far away. Uh, one season in our life, we were so excited uh, to praise the Lord, uh, full of energy, full of emotions, like I, I will give my life to God and I will do whatever He wants. And one season, it is all dry. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, we all go through this, probably. Secondly, is depressions. It's not handled well, our distress can become depressions. Uh, Proverbs 20, 12, 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart. Anxiety weighs down the heart. But the kind word cheers it up. We suffer anxiety and it's, it's so heavy inside of us. We are depressed. Oh, we are weak. We lost peace. We lost energy. And it can evade many parts of of our lives. Have you ever experienced that? That you are feeling so weak, like this, this, this problems, this issue weighs me down. And it can be also a physical disease. Proverbs 17, 22 says, joyful heart is a good medicine, but a cross spirit dries up the bones. There is a relationship between our mental, spiritual life to our physical life. Dries up the bones. Because of sickness and illness, when you trace that, it is caused by our, our anxiety, the, the conditions of, of our hearts. Unfortunately, when we read uh, the literatures or suggestions on how to handle anxiety, mostly will be only giving them medications, giving them medications, and people tend to overlook the spiritual side of it, the heart. And the bottom line is anxiety sucks the life out of us. It sucks peace and joy that we should enjoy every day that's given by God to us, regardless of the challenges in life. It is the life that is, that is taken out of us. We go to bed, worry and anxious almost every day. So what is the medicine for it? What is the faction for this? Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Uh, just like in our physical health life, we always do two things. One is to live in a constant healthy lifestyles. Uh, rest, eat good food, exercises, and hopefully you will not get sick. But if you get sick, even though you live a good, healthy lifestyle, then you are advised to take medicine. As we go through this trust, you can discover that some things we do constantly, regularly, then we will have a good, healthy, spiritual life, that we don't have to suffer anxiety. But oftentimes, we can face that in our lives. Then you need the medicine. And the Bible also provides uh, the medicine uh, for that. Now, I will define trust as trust in the Lord as having confidence now in the Lord, enjoying our life now, living in the peace of God. And now, regardless, there will be challenges also in lives, despite of or because of the things that will happen tomorrow. So it's the opposite of anxiety. Anxiety is tormenting, suffering now for the things that tomorrow. Trust is, I enjoy my life now in the Lord, regardless of, despite of the things that will happen. Now, we'll cover three things about trust. There are lots of things we can learn in the Bible. I encourage you to study the Bible about faith, about trust uh, in the Bible. But with regard to anxiety, I will say three things. Uh, three F's. F number one is faith in Him. F number two is fellowship. And then focus. Uh, just to, for us to uh, remember it better. Uh, some of us, as we leave this audio dream, uh, you will leave, uh, forget lots of things. Uh, so, uh, faith to accept Him 
acknowledge him, embrace him as our father, throw our lives into his hands. But there are two main questions we might ask ourselves. Number one is, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? Because if he is, we should. But maybe the, the issues of trust goes deeper into the questions of, can he be trusted? The answer is, yes, he can be trusted. Why? What are the reasons? Number one, I will say, because God never lies. God never lies. Maybe you have experience in life. If you find someone keep lying to you, you probably will not trust that person. But the Bible says God never lies. And not only that, Hebrews 6 verse 18 says, it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for him to lie. Numbers 23, verse 19, we read uh, Jonathan read during the service, God, uh, the singing, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? He's reliable. We can trust him. Secondly, he never changes. He never changes. The Bible says in Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. Time changes. Political situation changes. President changes. Stock market changes. Business environment can change. People change. But God never changes. Uh, uh, Hebrew 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It helps us also to live thinking about uh, uh, tomorrow. Number three, his word never changes. What he says never changes. Uh, there are many verses about that, but I like uh, Psalm 89, verse 34, I will not violate my covenant or alter my lip, what my lips have uttered. He made that promise. I will never violate my covenant that I have made with you. What I've said, I will never change it. Psalm 138, verse 2 says, this is one of my favorites, uh, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. God exalted his name and his word above all things. He honors his words. He keeps his words. At the end of his life, Joshua says this to the people of Israel in Joshua 23. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. He's going to die. But you know with all your hearts and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has, has failed. These, these are about the promises God gave them in Egypt during the wilderness. God fulfilled them all. Of course, we need to always read all the promises of God in the context. Some were given to the people of Israel. Uh, bound by context, but there are many who are timeless. We just need to immerse ourselves in those words and promises of God to give us strength. And even in, uh, with regard to anxiety, Matthew 6 speaks even more specific. It talks about God being our Father. God is our Father. I think Christianity is the only religion that calls our God our Father. The former president of Indonesia, when he was asked what are the difference of many other uh, uh, religions in Indonesia, he would say uh, probably uh, the Hindus are good because they call their God Om. Om is an uncle. Om Swastiastu is an uncle. Uh, they call 
And uh, the Christians will be the closer one because they call their God Father. It is true. It is a Muslim. They call their God Father. And then what about uh, Muslims? They say probably we are the furthest one because we need loudspeaker <laughs> to call upon a God. He said that. It's not for me. Uh, but it is even non-Christian acknowledge that the relationship Christians have with their God, we call him our father, but not everyone is his children. We have to put our trust in him, and we are adopted into his family as his children. And like many fathers here who will work very hard, uh, do everything for the sake of your family, uh, he is our father also who takes care of me. He's not our servant. He's our father who knows the best uh, uh, for him. And as a father, there are many descriptions of that. He provides for us. This is what uh, he says in Matthew chapter 6. Yeah, uh, uh, even uh, the birds that never planted or uh, never have harvest, uh, God provides for them. How much? Uh, are we? We are more than just birds. We are his children, created in his image and likeness. Uh, he loves us, provides. He's a Jehovah Jireh, one of his names, when God who provides. Um, he cares for us. 1 Peter 5, cares all your anxiety to him because he cares for us. He holds the future, and we worry about future. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. Uh, when the people of Israel were not sure what would happen in, in Babylon, uh, they were very anxious about that. Jeremiah was used by God to say to the people of Israel, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans not to harm you, but to prosper you and to give you hope and future. Uh, that was a good comfort for the people of Israel, and God was with him uh, in, uh, in the Babylon. Uh, he gives us peace. Uh, we learn later that peace is a good medicine for our, our anxiety. Uh, Jesus says, peace I leave to you. You have troubles in the world, but I have planted, I have given you uh, peace. Uh, he listens to our prayers, so we can come to him and pray. He answers our prayers according to his will, but he listens to our prayers. He gives us good sleep. I like this. He gives us good sleep. Psalm uh, 127, verse 2. He gives good sleep for those uh, whom he loves. If you uh, struggle with sleeping at night, uh, read uh, Psalm 127. Uh, sometimes I do have that, and I will uh, play the uh, audio Bible and listen as I, I sleep. Uh, that uh, suit us, that give us uh, joy, and he never leaves us nor forsake us. That is what he says. He's always uh, with us. But the second question is, with all this, are we willing to trust him? I mean, are we willing to trust him? Because it's different from what we say than what we really live our life uh, every day. What prevents us from trusting him? I think one of, the, one of the reasons is because we tend to be self-reliant. We want to rely on ourselves. We want to rely on our understanding. Uh, Prophet uh, 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and do not lean on your own uh, understanding. Uh, uh, we tend to believe things that we can see, we can touch, we can smell, we can feel more than things that are invisible. God is invisible, and other things are visible. We can touch. And we are often more influenced by that than uh, trusting uh, in the Lord. Uh, we need to use our eyes and hands. Uh, in the first service, I said, uh, when I go and oh, uh, go jack, uh, grab bike, and then the driver will say, pa, I, will, I will drive you by the eyes of faith. Uh, you will say, okay, go ahead uh, now. You'll be in the hospital soon. Uh, and then you might say, okay, I will also pay you by faith. Yeah? 
Okay. Uh, we need eyes. We need uh, all these senses that are given to us. But uh, we are also given spiritual eyes, our spiritual senses, uh, to drive us to trust in Him more. The people of Israel, when they saw the giant people, the spies, they saw the giant people in the in Canaan, they told Moses, there is no way we can defeat them. We are so small, like, like grasshoppers. There is no way. Joshua and Caleb says, no, we can defeat them. Because... Uh, they trust in God more than what their senses will test. Unbelief, probably, also another challenge for us. We can say in our matter we believe, but deep inside probably there is unbelief. That's why the man whose son was demon-possessed says to Jesus, I believe, please help my unbelief. How can you have belief and unbelief at the same time? You believe, but you have unbelief. But there's a long discussion, so long discussions uh, about that. But deep in our heart, we have God living inside of us, in our hearts, Holy Spirit living in us, that help us to believe. But our minds, our own thinking, circumstances around us can prevent us from truly believe in what He says. There's a problems of relationship as well that will come to the next. Uh, we might not have daily, constant, good relationship with our God. Second thing about trust is having fellowship. Fellowship with Him. Now, it is talking about relationship. Trust or distrust is built often on relationship. The more you know someone, the more you will trust him or her. But oftentimes also, the more we know someone, we become distrust. Uh, do not believe that because that the fellowship in the Lord is important. We all know about that. And one of the ways to have fellowship with God is through prayers. By the way, we all know that the word to know in the Bible is actually to have relationship. Knowing from the Bible, Biblical Pacific, is a relational knowledge. Adam knew Eve, and suddenly Eve has babies. Uh, Eve was pregnant. Uh, we read now, we say, how come Adam knew Eve? Just knowing is because it is, it is an intimate relationship. Uh, knowing God includes our relationship with him. Now, there are two things in prayer. Number one is to talk to him. Number two is to listen to him. Oftentimes we pray, we just think about talking to God all the time. I come with all my problems and I talk to him, talk to him, pour out everything in my heart, and that's, uh, that's all. But communication is always two ways. You want to talk and you want to listen. And through prayers, God can heal our anxiety. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 17 uh, says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Underline the word, all your anxiety. All your anxiety. Everything, your work, your business, your uh, wives, your children, and especially for ladies here, your husband. Uh, sometimes I joke with my wife, uh, she has to put up with me for the rest of her life. Yeah, so needs lots of prayer for that. Uh, all your anxiety to him. And in verse 6, it talks about humility. We heard about uh, humility last week uh, on 1 Peter 5, 6. Uh, humble ourselves before the Lord. It takes humility to come to the Lord and uh, open our lives to him and, and, uh, and uh, cast our anxiety to him. And also through prayer, 1 uh, Philippians 4, 6 to 7, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything. But how is that possible? It will come if 
we come to him and pray. Prayer is a substitute for our anxiety. When anxiety attacks us, let's come to him and pray. This is what the Bible says. Uh, and the result of prayer is the peace of God. The peace that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is incredible. You probably have experienced that. In the midst of troubles, crisis, loss, and we have many uh, friends who are refugees here, leaving their countries, their families. In the midst of this, you can have this peace every day in your life. How is that possible? Yeah, this is this peace that transcends all understanding. This is a medicine. We talk about that. If you have this, take that medicine of peace. David says, when I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. And the next verse says, then the, the Lord comes and comforts me. So we pray not that no problems will happen in our lives, no challenges. We will face that. But in the midst of those challenges, he gives us strong food ability to face that and to live our life daily. And secondly, about prayer is to listen to him. I talked with a friend earlier this week and asked, how are you? And they said, no, I'm not good. It was honest. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling now with anxiety and fear. And then I asked him, how is your, how is your prayer life? I said, yeah, I pray. And I said, do you listen also? Take time to listen? I said, probably no. It is not something that I usually do. I just come and pray and then no time to meditate, no time to think. So it is also too good to listen to him. Meditate upon his words and character around our mind to listen to his goodness, his care, his words. Allow him to heal us. Allow him to comfort us. Uh, allow him to take control of our lives. Allow him to be the driver. Allow him to console, to console us. David says this. When anxiety was great within me, your consolations brought joy to my soul. So when my spirit grows faint within me and my heart within is dismayed, I remember the days long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have made. This happens to the Old Testament, right? The people of Israel, whenever they are faced with challenges, one of the things they do is they will sit down and think what God has done in the past. And that will strengthen them. Probably you have uh, habits of journaling. You journal your prayer requests. And then probably you write down when the when the prayers were answered. Uh, many people do that. I write a lot also in my journal. And then oftentimes I will take time, sit down and take all these journals and you can read through and see, oh, in the year 2019, we pray about that. We went through these challenges and we pray and God did something. God opens the door. God uh, uh, solves the problems. God gives us strength. This, this is also good. But we don't, if we don't have time to do that, we can just come and pray, pour out everything, and not doing more than that. Uh, listen to him, yes. And fellowship also, not only with God, but with, with others as well. Uh, we need to be able to share our burdens with others. That's why even after this second service, I'm not sure there will be a training for the small group leaders or community group leaders on how to do counseling. Uh, so uh, I don't know whether you're allowed to be uh, for small group leaders. to so help people to open up their lives, open up their struggles. There is something that's probably not a culture of us in this part of the world. Uh, we, we 
don't easily share our burdens with others. We tend to keep it ourselves. Uh, if we are too open, we lose our face and, and uh, we, we become malu and so forth. But the Bible encourages us to open with others, to help it uh, with others. Number three about faith is focus. About trust, I mean, it's focus. Um, focus on the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus says, do not worry about what you wear, you eat, you drink. Do not worry about tomorrow, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Focus on his kingdom. I write something like this. Actually, faith or trust is a magnifying glass we wear to see God and his kingdom, his promise, his character. And the more we focus that, the stronger we become in our spiritual journey. On the other hand, anxiety is also another glasses we wear to see more on our problems, our situations, or our perceived problems, circumstances. The more you focus on something, it gets bigger. What occupies your mind occupies your heart. The battle field is in our mind. That is what the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 10. It is our minds. It is taken captive of every thought. So we need to be careful what we allow into our minds every day. It is unbelief, disbelief, or comforting words of God. By focusing on his kingdom, we remember that we have greater things and better things to chase after to pursue more important things in life, to make him number one in our life. His righteousness, eternal life, uh, uh, life after that. Uh, yeah. His evangelism, his church, his work, focus on the things above, as Paul says, rather than only on the things here that are temporary that we lose soon. Uh, um, focus on God will help us to see things from eternal perspectives. To see life, to see our possessions, to see our job from God's perspective. This is what uh, Jesus says. It is not life more important than food and the body more important than the clothes. Our life is more important and a greater blessings than our livelihood. Life is more important than the means of life. Food and drinks can come from this earth is also provided by God, but our lives, spiritual lives even, is given by Him. Matthew 16, 28 says, What good it will be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? And what can anyone give in exchange for that? Secondly, let us focus on his word. God's word will save the software will save our mind. Our way of thinking will help us to perceive what will happen tomorrow and the circumstances around us. And as I said, that's why our mind is very important to be well guarded. Make sure that we allow good things to come into our mind. There is a Famous line, garbage in, uh, garbage out. If you allow garbage to come in, there will be garbage that come out. Uh, one of the verses that I like that uh, will help us to shape our focus on his word is Philippians 4, verse 8. Uh, you read from Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8. is all connected, talking about prayer, peace, and anxiety. 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Amazing. Think about these things. And these are things you can find in his word. The last one on focus is focus on living today. Focus on living today. Again, Jesus says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Each day has its own burdens and blessings, cares and grievances, laughters and tears, shortcomings and supply. This present day has already enough troubles, so please do not borrow the problems of tomorrow and bring it here today. We often do that. We borrow from the future into our life right now. And actually, brothers and sisters, we can only live today. We can only live today. We never live tomorrow. You go to a restaurant, and they will say, eat today, free tomorrow. Today is free of charge. Today is gratis. Tomorrow is free. And you eat. Okay, let's eat a lot here. I will come tomorrow and we'll be free. You eat a lot. You come tomorrow and you eat and you say, I will not pay. They will say, you pay. Why? You eat today, tomorrow, free. Yeah. You, you pay now. Today, now is today. Uh, now is today. So you have to pay. Tomorrow never exists. It's only in our thinking. We can only live day to day. Do not borrow the problems from uh, uh, yesterday to our lives now. That's why the Lord's Prayer says he gives us our daily bread. You imagine for those who eat bread, you eat the fresh warm bread out of the oven. You enjoy it. Or for all of us who do not eat bread, what we eat for breakfast Buburayam or nasi lemak, nasi uduk, whatever you eat for breakfast is still fresh. He provides that for us every day. He, God supplies His mercy that we need every day. The manna in the Old Testament will provide it daily, and the next day you can take again. Lamentation 3, 22, 23, it is interesting because it is written in the book that's called Lamentations. And this is, this is for us, it's like a morning ritual. Every day you wake up, sit down, and you begin to recite this verse. Your steadfast love never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning, new, fresh. Just come out of the oven every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Brothers and sisters, live focus for today. Go to sleep. Sleep soundly at night, trusting everything in the hands of the Lord. Now, the last very last one. What are the good effects in our lives if we put our trust in him? We start with Jeremiah 17. We will end again with Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Uh, notice what it says next, there will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. It's a beautiful picture 
talking about those who put their trust in him. They will always scream, always bear fruit. And in the New Testament, I will say that there is something even better than that. In the Testament, it says that now the spring is inside of us. There is springs of eternal life inside of us. And there is springs of God's uh, Spirit. Today is actually Pentecost. So let's end with something about the Spirit uh, of God. Now, when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman by the well, uh, he, he says uh, to this woman, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become in them a spring of water, welling up into eternal life. Have you ever thought about that? That actually eternal life is like a, a spring inside of us. Become. That's why we will never thirsty. If you drink something, there is no spring inside of us, we'll go back again. But if the spring is inside of us, we'll continue to flow. We'll continue to flow. And many people think eternal life is the life we'll only have when we die or into eternity. John says that now when we believe in Jesus, eternal life is given to us. A different quality of life is already planted inside the hearts and lives of believers that enable us to face challenges in the temporary lives more than those who do not have that. And the second spring is the springs of God's Spirit. So it's all connected, but Jesus preaches this in John 7. Uh, uh, he says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Jesus says it in a loud voice. Uh, just imagine there is no microphone, and you have to speak to hundreds or even thousands of people. You have to say it out loud. Uh, come to me. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them because the Spirit of God will indwell us. He talks about the Spirit. The Spirit was not given yet, but soon, today, we celebrate Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes to us and in a new covenant, new new testament he lives in us permanently as a believer and when the spirit of god lives in us it's like a spring of water that will continue to flow to bring peace to our soul to bring peace to our thinking our will that's why one of the few of fruits of the spirit are peace and joy peace and joy the Spirit provides for us. And oftentimes we can pray that, Lord, please give me your peace. It's not wrong to do that. But actually, peace as fruit of the Spirit is given inside of us as we have the, the Spirit. So, let's close with a few questions. You can have more questions. That Where do you really put your trust in yourselves, in your possessions. How do you fill your mind every day? And what fills your mind every day? Are you constantly anxious about things you perceive will happen? As we know, that nearly 80% probably of the things will never happen. What do you do when you are going through anxiety? Some people will go to drugs, alcohols, food, sex, everything, just to comfort them for a short, for just to get an instant uh, gratification. What do you do? What you got? How is your sleep? How is your pattern of sleep? How is your prayer life? May this have you think through as you go this week. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for reminding us to trust in you, to have faith in you, 
to fellowship in you, to pray so the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds, to focus on you, to focus on your word, to focus on our day-to-day living now. Help us to really trust in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.